Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Remember to use code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets If you don't win your first bet, place your money line, prop, or parlay bets with the king of sportsbooks today. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotion, promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage. All the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage? Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. Biggins is showing early this season, particularly on the defensive end. I think he's now sixth in blocks in the NBA. Damn, that's crazy. We're going to bring y'all into our huddle. You are Warren Suttle with me, Bram, with me per usual, my boy and producer Marcus. What's up, Dub Nation? And our master of all things sound, Maxime. How's it going? Boys, the Warriors have Minnesota's pick in next year's draft, hopefully, right? Top three protected. And it turns out both that Minnesota is humongously and next year's draft is crazy deep. So we are lucky to be welcoming KP back into the huddle today and see who Golden State might be able to land if they actually end up with the selection. But I invited you boys on first because I wanted to kick around a glass half full segment and get a sense of what caught your eye in Warriors basketball over the last week. So the concept is easy, boys. I want two things. One, something you liked from the last week of Warriors hoop and two, something you didn't. I'll go first. Something I liked. So as much as I liked the Wiggins f*** you game against Minnesota, it isn't my golden gem. The thing I enjoyed, I found on ESPN. It's about why Curry is able to run so much during games and not get tired. And to put it simply, it's f***ing incredible. So here's the quote. Quote, Curry's second wind comes from his ability to rapidly lower his heart rate during short breaks, even in the middle of games. It's something he trains his body to do. Once he's out of breath at the end of most workouts, Curry lies on his back and personal trainer Brandon Payne places sandbag weights below his rib cage in order to overload and train Curry's diaphragm. Through conditioning and breathing techniques like this, Curry can often coax his heart rate below 80 during one 90-second timeout. So, boys, you know that moment where you run to the point where you feel like you're going to die? When your heart is beating so hard, you can, like, feel it in your face and your spit gets all super thick and you just can't take another step? Well, Curry has trained his heart to reach that point and then not give a f*** about it and then keep going and literally he can just stand still. His heart has been trained to lower the heart rate and suddenly he is right back ready to put up you know, franchise-defining numbers. So it's not just that he's the greatest shooter of all time. He's like an X-Men for heart conditioning, man. I, I, this thing blew my mind. That is That blows my mind. This reminds me of... Um, Have you guys heard about, you know, the biathlon, that weird sport where you like cross country ski and then like shoot 
at targets you know what i'm talking about i yeah, do yeah because yeah. yeah, there's nothing more random than the signs of those people like firing it firing rifles on skis at random ass targets i know exactly I just, what you're talking about. i can't believe that this is a sport but in any case one of the things that i've heard that makes them so amazing as athletes is their ability to rapidly control their heart rate so they can drop it down so that they actually shoot in between heartbeats so that their heart doesn't literally shake their arm when they're shooting. And I feel like Steph is doing that, but then he's also a professional basketball player. Dude, I'm about to ask ESPN to write an article about you, Maxime. When you first jumped into that and started talking about shooting in the snow, I was like, how the hell is this going to wrap back to the Curry thing? And then you did it, man. So ESPN might have an article like, Maxime pulls off the impossible. Ski (laughs) heart rate put together in one. What's weird is I'd use both of those breathing techniques before each podcast recording. So it's not, not new to me. I, uh, I can tell. I can remember one of my first practices and in basketball, we had like a hell week and I tried to impress the coaches and ran way harder on the final lap to show everyone like I saved my best for last. And as we crossed the finish line, I hit that point I was talking about and became immediately aware that I was going to throw up. Dude, I, I did not have any skeet shooting practice. I didn't know how to lower my heart rate. So I ran to the side of the gym to get out of the sight line of my teammates. So they didn't see, you know, this random white kid throwing up for no reason. And as I got there and vomited a little bit on my shirt, I look up and see the cheerleading team practicing right there. <laughs> so like I literally, like when I read this thing, I went from, damn, that's awesome to, oh, I hate that story. Like in like two seconds, dude. And nice. like right now I can still feel the throw up on my shirt. <laughs> Yeah, and then you went out there and shot it like Sandy Lyle from Along Came Polly, just talking about, make it rain. I don't know if I invited you to add on to this story, you bastard. Actually, what I did is I went out there and shot skeet in the snow, so f*** yourself. <laughs> What's something you like from the weekend, too? Um, I loved James Wiseman's reaction and response to going to the bench and being pulled out of the starting lineup. Hmm. I think it's... Um, I think it's overlooked how mature a 19-year-old kid he is. On the court, he still doesn't smile, and he looks like he's just super hard on himself. And then he gets into the media room after the game, and he's, like, in that tank top just smiling and laughing. And, you know, like, for a 19-year-old kid who played three college games and is going trial by fire on a, in a Warriors organization in a crazy season – um, it's just impressive. So I, I just liked it. He he talked about how he's able to continue learning and it didn't mean anything, you know, that he would take personally and he's going to keep studying and watch film and learn and be able to go impact the game when he's out there. And it's just, you know, it was like he's a 10-year vet. That's the kind of answer it was. It's even more impressive that it came in the Minnesota game because he was playing the number one pick, right? They were playing Edwards. And I would have I mean, he doesn't say anything and they're not going to talk about it, but they're competitive dudes. And I'm sure he's aware of who got picked above him. And I'm sure he wants to have a better game. And for that to be the first game where he is on the sidelines and Edwards starts and for him still to have the attitude you're talking about, that's legit. You know, he, he deserves credit for that. You're absolutely right. Uh, Maxime, if you're a starter and then I take you off, you've got to sit on the bench. You'll say the right things internally. Are you okay? Like, would you still be able to play as well? Or would you sh- the bed a little bit? <laughs> no, that'd be tough. Especially, I remember being 19. I got a lot more pride then than I did now. I mellowed out quite a bit. And it's also important to recognize that he is on a team that's contending for the playoffs. Whereas both the number one and three picks are on Minnesota and Charlotte, respectively. So even if they're coming off the bench, they're liable to get 20 minutes a night regardless. So in Wiseman's case, it really is a um, a decreased minute load. And I think that'd be hard to handle for anybody. So extra props to him there. Yeah, exactly right. Take us to the other side, man. Do you see something you didn't like? Um, you know, it's funny. I was actually, uh, I was going to give you two things that I did like. Um, so now I got to come up with a bunch of things that I didn't like. I'd like to keep you on your toes, buddy. And I'd <laughs> like you to include the word snow in your response. Hmm. Yeah. Uh, I don't got that. I'm out. <laughs> Let's see. One thing that, that I, I didn't like, um, I don't know, man. Honestly, I don't have much there. You talk me into it then. Give me something you liked, you bastard. It better be amazing, though. I'm telling you right now, I want you to feel a hell of pressure because this is not where I wanted to go. So here we are, Maxime. You got what you asked for. In fact, give us a little drum roll leading up to this. And then, boom, Maxime's take. Ooh. What did you like? Oh, oh, oh. So, well, it's like I said, I got two. I got one that's kind of wonky and then the one that's a little bit more. Jesus, man. Just uh, take the one. How many? Okay, go ahead. 
No, fine, fine. You convinced me. Um, I mean, I wanted to shout out the Patreon crew because I think Steph's usage numbers um, have gone up pretty dramatically when they shifted Wisen out of that starting lineup. Um, and it's now more into like almost leading the league type figures, which um, bodes really well for Steph. And I love to see him um, playing super, super well. Uh, and making him the best show in sports. Um, so that's one. But the other one that, you know, you, you mentioned Wiggins at the start, and I think he deserves to get a little bit more of a of a mention because his blocks currently put him in sixth place um, in the league overall, and that's behind five centers. Um, and I'm just really, really stoked for that guy grinning on the big screen outside of Chase Center with everybody saying, like, oh, he doesn't like to play basketball. Sure looks like the Warriors organization is doing right by him, and I think it's great to see him contributing on both ends to never underestimate the power of joy you know i mean if if you are unhappy somewhere even if you're doing something that you purportedly really enjoy you're not going to do that thing to the best of your ability you're unhappy man it turns out he was unhappy in minnesota and a, a change in scenery a change in expectations just a change in mentality he looks like a completely new person um and which is you know which is phenomenal to see that's absolutely right uh i'll give you guys something i didn't and it's a rumor something i didn't like uh and it's a rumor that surfaced just today so there are trade rumors that came out today via shams involving Ubre, and the rambling or rumblings basically were that new orleans is having a very poor beginning to the season if that continues they're going to be insanely active on the trade block and one of the pieces they have is jj reddick Putting Ubre's struggles and New Orleans' desire to trade Reddick together, Shams is suggesting maybe down the line that uh, the Warriors could look at trading Ubre for JJ Reddick. Let me pause for a second, boys, because my daughter just came in. What's up, kiddo? Hello. You want to say hi to everybody? Hello. Hello. Okay, I need a second. Okay, beautiful. Okay. I love you. See you in a second. Okay. Bye bye. Bye bye. See you in a minute. Okay, go ahead and close the door. Goodbye. Goodbye. Love you. Yeah, it's very long. Okay. Uh, I don't like this rumor, and I don't like it for a few reasons. Reasons number one. For a guy who is purportedly dealing with confidence problems in Ubre and is just starting to get over those confidence problems, trade rumors is probably the last thing we need swirling around the news. But let's make it even more specific to the team. This year's success is secondary goal to me. I want them to make the playoffs. I want this team to, to get that kind of experience. I want Wiseman to have some minutes in, uh, in a playoff scenario. But really, this year is about figuring out how the pieces can fit for when Clay comes back next year. And I think that with Clay's shooting, Ubre's upside is more valuable than JJ's, or at least could be. I'm not ready to give up on Ubre right now. And I think they need to spend some more time figuring out what they have, how he fits, what they can do with this dude before they just give up um, and bring in a shooter. And also, JJ is a little old to be paying $14 million a year. So that's the thing I didn't like. Yeah, and they also were saying that it would include Lonzo Ball too, which, you know, he's a a better serviceable defender. He's not bad, and when he's engaged, he's pretty good. But um, the drop-off from what Kelly Oubre is starting to bring on the defensive end to adding J.J. Redick, who's not, you know, a stalwart by any means, and then um, Lonzo Ball just is too much of a drop-off. And if you add Lonzo to the lineup and you make him the primary ball hander, Handler, Steph goes to the two guard, Clay goes to three, then you're pushing Wiggins to the four and you just found a good rhythm for him. So it just it's too much it's upsetting the apple cart for no reason. Yeah, I, I completely agree. And I didn't see Lonzo involved and that incorporates also what's his salary? I mean I'm not looking at his contract, but I'm not sure I want to sign up for both JJ and Lonzo's contract going forward. I'm I don't know. This this trade doesn't speak to me at least not yet. You know, we we get towards the end of the season, we are positive that Ubre is a square peg that doesn't fit in this round hole. There's worse things to do than add shooters like Lonzo and Def- or, I'm sorry, shooters like JJ and Lonzo's defense, but right now it's just it's just too early, you know? It's just too early, man. Yeah, I agree. Did you find anything else out there you didn't like before we welcome in Kristen? Um, I did. There are two things, and they were a tie. One was um, James Wiseman's uh, love for shooting the a jump shot just inside the three point line in the 
complete wrong time of an offensive set. Um, if he that's shot not that the best one more case time, scenario. yeah. That's not if he want. shot that one more time, I take back every nice thing I said about his after game press conferences. Um, <laughs> they're infuriating. It's like that's not what your strength is. And if you're going to shoot it from there, at least make it a three. Like one step in from a long two is just a horrible shot. So that was frustrating. How about if you took those shots in a tank top? Because I, 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 if memory serves, <laughs> you really like the tank top thing from the press conferences, which is kind of a weird detail. You know, if if you put on the tank top, I might let it slide. You never know. Maybe. You never know. <laughs> um, yeah, but just slightly um, ahead of that is just the the willingness of Steve Kerr to insert Jordan Poole into the lineup just because he wanted him to not sit on the bench. And that's his philosophy to not have people sit on the bench too long or too many games in a row. Like I understand you want to get him some game minutes and with the G league starting late because of COVID like that became an issue, but um, it just came out that he's going to the G league. So you knew that was happening and that was the plan and to disrupt the flow and like sit Mulder who's shooting a way better percentage like it's just a little frustrating I just didn't like that Steve Kerr was so entrenched in what his philosophy was versus coaching versus the moment in the team that he has right now Poole makes me really nervous when he's on the floor um, and it might be too early I'm really close to giving up on him but just the drastic things he has changed to try to I don't know reset his career the, his hair was completely different from the, the end of last season to this season his pant size it looks like he's out there wearing a speedo while playing basketball which is fine I mean up to him but I don't remember that from last year and I'm not sure if that's going to be the key uh, to somehow resurrected the wasted pick that is pool. Uh, have you guys, am I wrong in saying I would prefer see Nico Mannion getting those minutes? Um, I think so. I, I think pool is still better than Mannion. I mean, Nico's good at creating shots, but um, he's still not the shot maker that Jordan Poole is. If Jordan Poole gets hot, um, and this is based on my prediction that Matty Stats is, is tracking closely. I still thought that he would have a game where he scored over 24 or 26, whatever we said. I thought he would get hot from the three-point line one game and just hit seven threes. So. Like in the G League? Or like in like volleyball or something? What are, you, are we talking about a different player? What has he done that made you... Well, that, okay, that's unfair. He had that one game where he hit the three threes and had the, had the nine-point outing, but there's been a lot of stretches where he's looked far from confident behind the three-point line. Yeah, I agree. Um, I think it's a lack of minutes and it's also just me having a bad prediction. Um, but, you know, we did not specify that it had to be in an NBA game. So when he scores those many points in the G League, Maddie Stats, I want that point. Dude, thank you for taking the bait on me. I just desperately tried to focus back on your bad prediction. <laughs> Meanwhile, the only answer you had to give me is a no. We're talking about Nico F- Manion. That in mind, let's turn to Kristen and see if she can break us down some knowledge on the 2021 draft. Boys, it is my immense pleasure to announce that rejoining us, a 12-year veteran of Yahoo Sports, where she's covered the Olympics, the Super Bowl, the Final Four, and focused on college basketball specifically for the last half decade, an NBA draft guru, an expert, and the perfect person to talk to if your team is possibly holding a top five pick in a loaded draft. Miss Kristen Peak. what's going on, KP? Hey, guys. Great. Um, you know basketball still going on so that's a positive um i got to see your warriors play well i don't know if you want to say play but i, I saw them too play early the jazz <laughs> too early <laughs> you bastard <laughs> Okay, I'll, I'll take that bait, um, and I wanted to jump us right into the draft, but I'll start off by asking you how much of an ass I made of myself a week ago, but first let's uh, let's get some background. So, boys, I reach out to KP, let's say it was like two weeks ago, to see if she was available this week. I give her the date. She says she is, and she points out that the timing's great because she's actually going to be at the Jazz Warriors game. So I hold that in pocket. You know, We wait a few days, then I reach back out and try to pinpoint today, Tuesday. Are you available then? And then I add as kind of a show of like, hey, I was paying attention. I know what you said last time. Will you still be in town? 
town if we do it on Tuesday. And she said, yeah, no problem. And then casually mentions, also, the Warriors are playing at Utah. So I immediately, despite setting myself up as like this Warriors expert, immediately set up, I don't even know where they're playing at a given time. So back to you, Christian. You read that. Did you kind of think in yourself, like, what's up with this dude? You know, like, why? How does he not even know where the Warriors are at any given moment? No, listen, there's a lot of games to be played this season, a lot of back-to-backs, <laughs> a lot of moving around. So, you know, you get your Salt Lake City and <laughs> Oakland are kind of the same. They're the so, same place. Yeah, yeah demographically, <laughs> I mean, you know, like politically, they're they're basically oh, the exact same yeah. place. Yeah. Here, uh, Here's a tweet, boys, from Kristen, uh, right from that game. Quote, this is how the Jazz slash Warriors game is started. Jazz are perfect from the field, four threes and a jumper. Warriors airballed two three-pointers and have yet to make a basket. 14-0, Steve Kerr calls a timeout. Three minutes into the game, yikes. So, it yeah, was it wasn't, wasn't the best of games. Uh, how was it being there with fans? So we, we've been watching games, obviously, um, but here in, uh, in San Francisco at Chase Center, the only fans we see are digital. Um, over there in Utah, there were live fans. So being at the game, was that cool? Was it surreal? I mean, what's that experience like? It gave me COVID anxiety, to be honest. Yeah. Um, <laughs> like it's just, you're just not used to it. Um, and I'll tell you, I'll tell you a story. Um, so it was pregame and they let the fans in an hour beforehand. This is when they were playing the Pelicans. So it was the game before the Warriors. And I'm there, you know, watching... Lonzo do a shoot around. Brandon Ingram was out there, Zion. And there was a fan. And Utah Jazz fans are the worst. They are the worst. And there was a Jazz fan, and he was yelling at Lonzo the entire pregame, the entire time. I mean, he touched on LaMelo. He talked about LeVar. He even talked about Denise, uh, Lonzo's baby mama. Like, he hit every angle. And Lonzo's just, like, shaking his head. And it was so bad to the point where they had to turn the house music up oh my God. to try to drown out this guy. And so then I go to the the Jazz Warriors game and I'm like, I'm out there pregame watching Draymond shoot around. And I'm like, man, it's 30 minutes before tip off. Where is everyone? And it's like 20 <laughs> minutes before tip, 15 minutes. They wouldn't, they stopped letting fans in for pregame because of that one fan yelling at Lonzo. And now the fans aren't even allowed to be there until it's like 15 minutes before the game starts. I love that. Um, so I was going to ask, not even ask, I had a throwaway line when we were talking about the Warriors Jazz uh, game where I was going to say, I didn't even really see a lot of Jazz fan, but I still hated them so much. But I thought to myself, no, Christian's living in Utah. Like you can't necessarily bring that up. And then 30 seconds later, you start a sentence by saying, Jazz fans are the worst. So that is, fan- the <laughs> that is the for the Lonzo thing. Like, was there any other noise in the state? or is it like kind of quiet and this one dude is just screaming nasty things super super quiet and one guy and so then when they started to turn up the house music i'm looking at lonzo and i'm like bro why don't you have headphones on like this is this is bad you know (laughs) like i could i felt bad for him i felt but did the guy try to scream over it like as as the music got louder did he did he he continue with the insults started he started cheering he's like yeah that's right turn the music (laughs) up like Oh my God. Well, and the early award for 2021 asshole of the year goes to that jazz fan. Congratulations guy. You know, well, way to go. I know. So crazy, but, um, I, I'm enjoying going to the games. to be honest, just being back and, and seeing live basketball. I've been to a couple college games, um, this year, I'm going to get down to the G league bubble and see, see those guys. So, um, you know, in the midst of COVID and everything, it's it's just nice to be able to watch live basketball. I can't tell you how jealous I am I that you have that in your life. Also, just random aside, Maxime, if you wouldn't mind doing a little bit of background research to make sure that KP can't give us COVID throughout this podcast, I'd really appreciate that. I don't think she quarantined. I mean, you don't have to tell her the results, but uh, just Listen, let me know. The amount of COVID tests that I have taken <laughs> because... You know, my, my brother, I see him and his family all the time. They've got five kids. Um, my mom's out here right now. She's over 65. So I am staying super safe and, you know, just trying to do my part 
to stop the spread of this virus. Well, so KP, on in that, I just did some quick research just so you know, we cannot give you COVID um, through this conversation either, so you're safe. There you go. Excellent. We are, in fact, maintaining protocols. Everybody, let's talk drafts. A couple of warnings. Warning one. We're going to start this one by looking back at the 2020 draft, not forward. So we can talk about Wiseman a little bit. And then warning two, Christian, we've been doing mailbags recently, and we encourage personal and or random questions throughout those mailbags. So we're not doing a mailbag today, but I have it next to me, and I'm going to randomly reach in there for the occasional uh, off the beaten path question. But let's start with Wiseman, and I'll just give you a softball. What do you think of him so far? Have you had a chance to watch? What are your early impressions? Uh, so with James, I mean, it's, he's going through some growing pains, just like every rookie, um, you know, and when he's good, he's really good. I mean, that game against San Antonio, he, where he had 20 points, um, was awesome. He reminded me of the prospect I knew when he was the number one player coming out of high school. And then there's games where when they were playing the jazz, he just looked a little lost. He was just a, a tad bit behind on defensive plays and look anyone who can put up with Draymond Green and the school of basketball that Draymond is you know putting James through the season and take it with encouragement and and not get frustrated with it and I mean kudos to him you know we're seeing him kind of grow up in front of everyone's eye and I and and in front of everyone and um I think this year is kind of just like a gap year for him you know what I mean of course. Uh, I mean, it's almost unfair to him because the Warriors are doing two different things. You know, you look at LaMelo Ball, the Hornets are just trying to develop a young roster. That's it. Whatever minutes he can handle, whatever positions they can put him in to succeed, that's their goal. That's not true for Wiseman and the Warriors. You know, they're, they're trying to develop him, but they're also trying to win right now. So, yes, I see those growing pains. And, yeah, he's not given enough time to really work his way through it. Let me ask it this way. How long should we give him? If he's a 19-year-old, you've had a chance to watch his talents. You know, uh, 20 games, a year, two years. What's a reasonable amount of time to allow Wiseman to reach his ceiling? Um, I would say to reach his ceiling, probably two seasons. I mean, we didn't see Bam Adebayo come into his own until two, three seasons into, into his career. Um, not everyone is going to be like Tyler Hero, you know, where he kind of explodes his rookie season you know um and comes out of comes out of nowhere seamlessly um so for James I would give him two years to kind of get to it but in terms of this rookie year I think you give him this season to deal with his inconsistencies and figure it out and then next year that's when you as a fan you can start to get a little more frustrated with him and his performance Marcus, right before you came on, was praising Wiseman for the way that he dealt with getting benched. You know, he's he's started throughout the season, and then for the first time against Minnesota, he came off the bench. And afterwards, he gave a very impressive press conference where he didn't seem affected by it. You've met him. You've talked to him. You know this dude. Um, Based on your experience with him, how do you think he took that benching? Is he taking it in stride just the way that the, the press conference suggested? Oh, yeah. I don't think he's he's not one to get upset over being benched, especially on a team like the Warriors, you know, where they've got seasoned veterans. And like you said, they've got a great coach in Steve Kerr and they're trying to figure it out and win. And so if that means it's not him on the court to start the game, then he's not going to take offense to that. I mean, I've seen him not make a USA basketball team because he was injured during the tryouts and he couldn't Hmm. try out. So there was no, there's no bad blood. Um, I don't think it affects them at all. MT had a next level take about his tank tops. MT, did you want to share that with Kristen or no? I mean, I could, but I'm pretty sure that KP knows all about <laughs> she, she's Wiseman's tank stuff. tops. No, she probably has already seen it. That's uh, <laughs> that's pretty fair. One last question looking back, and I'm afraid of this response, Kristen. You be gentle, you bastard. I'm telling you this right up front. So, 
you, the last time you were on the draft, before the Warriors made the selection, suggested that LaMelo Ball might be a star, suggested that he could be the best selection for the Warriors. And since then, obviously the Warriors didn't take him, but his stock has taken off a little bit. Um, He's showing the feel for the game that you told us about, and he's looking like a natural passer. Looking back on things, do you think the Warriors would have been better suited if they had Ball on the roster? I mean, it's it's hard. I do this every draft year. You know, I, I try to imagine different players in different situations. And when I look at LaMelo, I'm like, and seeing what he's doing in Charlotte, you know, not a very big market, not a great team, and seeing he's still having success there. He's leading in rookies and assists and rebounds, and he's the best rookie by far, is the runaway favorite to win rookie of the year right now, and he's having a great year. So, for me, it's like, how different would it have been to have Clay out this year with the season-ending injury and to be able just to replace them just like that with someone like LaMelo? And, you know, well, how do you, how do you, how do you respond to that? I mean, would they be a better team? And then what, they get someone off, um, off the weight or the waiver, off right. the, um, if they get another big, like a, a season big and, um, I don't know. I think it would be a really, really fun Warriors team to have LaMelo for sure. I hope that, so I hear you and that makes a lot of sense. Let me run a scenario by you. And then even if I'm not right, lie to me and tell me that I am. <laughs> the Here's why I'm, I'm fired up about Wiseman. And it's not this year. The, the way that you just broke it down, no clay, LaMelo would be a much better addition to this season's roster. But next year, when clay comes back and they have a full backcourt, but don't have the kind of rim protection that Wiseman provides or the rim running threat that he is next year. Wiseman will be a better piece to the championship puzzle. So because of that, I'm happy they went James. Do you agree? I do agree. No, that is a great point. But when I was, we'll never know if you actually do. I shouldn't have asked it that way. We'll never know if it was a lie or not. No, but when I was watching the Warriors lose by 30 to the Jazz at halftime, I was just like, man, Lamelo would be great for them right now. It would be so fun to watch him. I think they also, you also have to look at the league too, right? Like the top teams right now all have a big guy. Like we needed somebody to go up against Jokic and Embiid and Giannis and Ibaka and, you know, like those the league is going in that way where it's not just, um, you know, like wing players who make the team a championship level team. Um, so I, I, I agree. I think Lamella would be exciting, but I just I think the long term play of having a big who is skilled and can go up against those guys and is averaging what the Joker averaged in his first season um, is encouraging. Yeah, no doubt. I mean, we, we can't knock him, right? Like, we can't knock James at all because he's still averaging 12 points a game, six rebounds. You know, he's having a great rookie year. But when you see him battling with Gobert, battling with Jokic, bat- like, it's tough. It's tough to look at a 19-year-old going against these seasoned all-stars, these veterans. You yeah, know, well, and 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 be excited about it because. And the the last time you saw him in person, the Warriors were looking at a thirty spot deficit in the first quarter, and he looked like shit in the first quarter. So, <laughs> yeah, I mean, like, yeah, you've got a real justification. It it completely makes sense. Yeah, but I mean, I'm still super excited and super hopeful for the Warriors and their pick with James. I Thanks. I think it's a great fit. You were the first person to sing his praises. If memory serves, you put a ceiling like Chris Bosch on him. And so far, we've seen a lot of those pieces. So we know how you feel about him. I'm going to reach into the mailbag, everybody, for a random one. Annie in Oakland writes, quote, There is a new super team in the NBA, but you haven't given us any opinions about them. If you had to take a cross-country road trip with Harden, KD, or Kyrie, who would it be? So I know I didn't share this with you in advance, Christian, so I'll go first to give you some time, all right? I'm definitely not picking Harden. I feel like if you rode with Harden, like he'd, he'd pick the locations, he'd pick the restaurants, he'd pick the hotels, and then right at the end, he'd look at you and be like, this trip sucks, dude. I hate this, and I demand to go back in another car, so fuck 
him, it wouldn't be Harden. I wouldn't go with Kyrie. Uh, he spends the entire time trying to inadvertently show you how smart he is with non sequiturs. You know, he's like, uh, did you know that squirrels speak Spanish? Or uh, have you ever thought about why plants aren't racist? I don't know. He, he would drive me crazy. There's no way I'm spending time with him. That leaves KD. I know that you, Christian, already have kind of like a friendship crush on on Durant. I'm assuming that's probably who you're going to go with. I'm nervous on a trip with him too. You know, he's not going to be happy anywhere we go. He's going to be always looking over the uh, over the next hill. But I think that's what ultimately I go. It's got to be Durant. Oh yeah. I mean, as soon as I heard the question, I mean, <laughs> you guys already know my answer. I love Kevin. He is one of my favorite players of all time. So. If I had to go on a road trip, like I'm definitely not going with the flat earther and Kyrie, like who wants to spend 20 hours in a car with someone who thinks the earth is flat? No one. Showing you hella pictures. Look at this. Look at, can't you see that this is flat? Don't you realize what we're looking at here? Roll up the window. I need to burn this sage. Yeah, hell, hell yes. He's playing like whale songs for no reason. Like, oh, you were really going to enjoy this. Like, I'm not, I'm not going to enjoy this. Yeah, it would be interesting for me to see, like, is there a podcast that Kevin wants to binge? Like, you know, like, what, what are we talking about here? I don't know. But, you um, you are all in on KD. I, I love that. I love that you're just like, you're down to do whatever. Just, Kevin, you talk. Whatever you'd like to say, I'm interested in hearing. That's fantastic. MT, yeah, who are you with? Um, yeah, I'm going to go KD, too. I, I think Harden, you know, just I'm not in, into strip clubs, and that's all the places that he would take me to throughout every state that we crossed. Um, and then for the reasons we all mentioned of Kyrie. So it's a... Uh, it's the lesser of three evils of why I would take KD. I see, Maxime, you going with Kyrie just so you guys could switch uh, multisyllabic words. Am I right? Or polysyllabic words. My, my uh, apologies. You guys are just dropping huge terms back and forth. Uh, um, that's a good guess, yeah. And I, I like incense, you know? Um, uh, but I actually... Uh, uh, no, I'm going to make this a clean sweep, and it's for a reason that I think everybody should understand, which is that KD and I already have great history as meditation partners, and it seems like a cross-country <laughs> trip is the perfect time to really dig deep, get into some of those hour-long sessions, and, and really kind of find that inner peace. So I'm excited about this. Really work on the breathing. KP, let's talk 2021. Yeah. So- my favorite draft class of all time. Okay, let's go. So a little bit of history to bring everybody back to speed just in case they didn't listen to previous podcasts. Last year, we had Christian on all the time because the Warriors were speeding towards what became a top two pick, the second pick in the 2020 draft. So every time we had her on, we wanted to talk about the 2020 draft. And every time she'd say, yep, 2020 draft is all right. But 2021, oh my God, <laughs> greatest drafts ever. And we kept trying to push her off of that. But now we finally have an excuse. The Warriors have the rights to Minnesota's pick in the 2021 draft as long as that pick doesn't fall into the top three. It's a top three protection. So put differently, if the T-Wolves get one, two, or three in the draft, the Warriors do not get the pick until 2022. If they get anything else, that pick is theirs. And in not so big of a surprise, Minnesota looks terrible. They're the Mm -hmm. second worst team in the league. So there's a real chance Golden State ends up with something real valuable. Um, So I want to hear about the draft, but let me fire off a real quick thank you to Minnesota. Something I've been thinking about and actually something I've mentioned on a couple of other podcasts. Thank you so much. Minnesota. I mean, honestly, we could not have done this without you if you look back on the roster. For example, Steph. Steph is on the roster because Minnesota passed on him not once but twice. Clay. Clay is on the roster because ultimately he wasn't involved in a trade for Kevin Love to Minnesota. Draymond. Draymond's on the roster because Minnesota passed on him in the draft. Wiggins. On the roster because Minnesota traded him to us. Wiseman. On the roster because Minnesota passed on him. Next year's pick hopefully on the roster as part of the Andrew trade. So just put simply, holy sh**, Minnesota, thank you. My God, we could not have done this without you. But let's finally talk about the draft. Uh, What makes this draft so intriguing to you, Christian? Why do you love this draft class? Tell us about it. There's a lot of talent. It's super deep. A lot of young talent, I should say. A lot of one and done coming out this year. Um, and it's a lot of long 
skilled guards. And that's the way that the NBA is going. You know, that's, that's kind of the direction they're going in terms of value and franchise changing players like that. So when you look at the top of the draft, you've got Kay Cunningham from Oklahoma State, who's a 6'8 point guard. You got Jalen Green, who's at the G League Ignite team, 6'6. Has, uh, there, he's been, some part of his games has uh, been comp to Kobe, Kobe wow. Bryant. Um, so when you, anytime you hear that, you know, you just kind of have to take a pause. So what I think is going to happen is there's a lot of teams that are going to try to trade up because there's a lot of value in say the top 10, um, and what you're going to get and you know what you're getting. I mean, are they still going to be a project? Yes. When you're looking at someone like Jonathan Kaminga, who is a wing, he actually reclassed. So he should really be a high school senior right now but he's playing for the g league ignite team and is a potential top five pick um so still a lot of young talent but it is super deep like i want to say everyone that's going to go in the lottery this year probably would have gone in the lottery in the 2020 class or better with the exception of the top three ant edwards lamella ball and james let me, so how many players in this draft, 2021, would have gone number one last year? Uh, four. Jesus, okay. And then how many players in this draft, 2021, would have made the top five last year? If I, if I could just pick one of them out, put them in the 2020 draft, how many of them would have been top five? Ten. Wow. So, okay. Um, And then as far, I mean, obviously these are all guesses and we're talking lottery tickets, but how many, if, if normally you are lucky to get a single franchise changing player in a draft, somebody like Zion, how many franchise changing players does this draft possibly hold? I would say the top four are pretty, you're, you're getting a sure bet with the top four. Like Zion level bets? I mean, that same kind of analysis. These, you know, we know for sure these kids are different makers. I mean, maybe not on the Zion because Zion is, a, I would say, a generational player. But yeah. when you're looking at uh, the top four guys, maybe even five, like you're going to get second contracts, third contracts. You're going to see like Donovan Mitchell type of money being thrown at these kids. Okay. Um, And last way to clarify the value of this pick. So Wiggins has had a hell of a year for the Warriors. We've praised him every chance we got. He's he's slowly earning the nickname two-way Wigs, which I hate, by the way, but is a positive (laughs) thing for his game. Um, If we asked GMs anonymously around the league which asset they viewed to be more valuable, Wiggins right now or the Warriors' rights to the Minnesota pick, what would we hear? I would say the... Warriors rights to the Minnesota pick because you're getting a 19 year old, someone that you can mold into the franchise. And I mean, I know Andrew is playing really well right now, but how long, how much longer are you going to get a top notch Andrew Wiggins? You know, when you've got a 19 year old up and comer coming through the league who could end up being, you know, an all-star especially if you look at the Warriors' planned staggered development, right? What they want is this last championship push with the Splash Brothers, and then hopefully right as that window is closing, you team up two 19-year-olds. You have Wiseman, and then whoever it is they get in this draft who slowly figure it out and start clawing their way forward. Um, I want to hear about who the Warriors can get, but curiosity is killing me. i got to ask you, is is there a surefire number one uh, in this class? Do we already know who goes when, whoever gets that pick? Uh, right now, it's a two-way race between Kay Cunningham from Oklahoma State and Jalen Green from the G League Ignite team. I think a lot of the NBA execs are looking to see some more consistency from Jalen um, in the two scrimmages that the G League scrimmages. He, you know, he looked like he's 19. You know, and, <laughs> and there were there were a couple plays where he tried to you know get to the get to the rim and he couldn't because he's. 186 pounds you know he's 6'6 186 <laughs> um so I think for in the 12 games they're gonna kind of look to see if he can show a little bit more dominance why did this happen why is this class so loaded I mean is it just like a generational quirk you know like for whatever reason people in this draft class were born with crazy talent was there's something where people decided to go to the G League and waited out until this year I just I don't get why it's such a loaded class above other classes 
Yeah, I mean, um, the first time I saw most of these players were where they were in eighth and ninth grade. And I remember even back then seeing them, I said, oh, my gosh, this high school class is insane. And they just lived up to every expectation that I had for them. And um, they're crazy talented, like dominating on a different level. And, you know, of all the McDonald's games to be canceled, and however many years there's been McDonald's games, when it had to be that that senior class, I was like, are you kidding me? <laughs> like this, this would have been one of the great, like what a great platform to introduce the basketball world to these players with the McDonald's game um, and also Nike Hoop Summit. But um, yeah, so there's, it's interesting to me that um, a lot of NBA executives um, are trying to play catch up in the sense there was no McDonald's game, there was no Nike Hoop Summit. The last time they saw these players were at USA Basketball, you know, almost two years ago. And um, they can't go to college practices this year. And even some places like Duke aren't even allowing NBA personnel into Cameron Indoor Stadium. So it's, 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 uh, it's been a lot of phone calls to me because I'm going to these games, I'm going to these practices, I'm just trying to get as much intel as possible. But um, it doesn't, you know, take anything away from this draft and the depth of it and how good they are. Give us the inside scoop. So there's nothing I like better than a unscratched lottery ticket. I like the idea that the Warriors can get better somewhere, somehow in the future. So much so, Christian, that I have been watching box scores like a madman for Minnesota. I am. I started the season hoping they lose every game. Now they've lost so many, I hope they win a couple so that we're sure to keep the pick. But while I'm doing that, it's all in hopes of kind of this amorphous player. I'm not picturing anybody. I don't know the person they could actually get, which is why I was so fired up to have you on today. So draw in this picture for me. Give me two or three players. So let, let's pre-assume the Warriors get lucky. Um, the Wolves have a bad year, but not the worst year. And the Warriors end up with a pick somewhere between four and six. Give us two or three players who they would be able to get at that range and whet our appetites, you know, to let us know how good they are, why they are, what we can expect. Yeah. I mean, I, you, who you want dropping to four, I have them in my latest mock draft going at three, but, um, someone that could be there at four to six is uh, Jalen Suggs out of Gonzaga. He's the point guard there. And this is a player. I mean, he was a five-star quarterback in high school. Um, His dad told me he cried for a week when he decided that he was going to play basketball over football. And he is tough as nails. Like I've seen him take so many hits on the court and he just bounces right back up. Like it's nothing, you know, so he's got grit and um, you know, everyone kind of, Gonzaga is the number one team in the nation and they're like, Oh, they haven't played anyone. And they went, um, because of COVID issues, they went, I think it was 15 days without playing a game. And then to all of a sudden they had to play the number three team in the nation, Iowa. And Jalen Suggs went out there and he's just like, Oh, what? Okay. uh, Let me show you who I am. And he had 27 points. Um, he had seven threes and just killed Iowa, like killed them. Um, so he would be, I would say the first pick, um, at that four to six range. And then, uh, you know, if you want another big to come in alongside, uh, (laughs) James Wiseman, Evan Mobley out of USC, he's another seven footer kind of has a more finesse game. than Wiseman can extend out to the three is great in the pick and pop. Um, he has a seven foot five wingspan. Um, and is just one of those like unicorn players who kind of does everything. Um, so he'll be there. Um, and then also Jonathan Kaminga, like I told you from the G league ignite team, um, you know, what's interesting is he's the youngest one on the team, but when looking at the scrimmages, uh, I think he had 23 points and he averaged 23 points in those two games. And he looked like he belonged with these grown men in the G league. And he's the youngest one just because he's physically built and mature. He's six, eight, two twenty. Um, so he would be another great asset to kind of bring in alongside James Wiseman, like you said, in that second tier of talent coming up. Let me give you the names back and ask you to give me a player comparison. Jalen Suggs. So best case scenario, what NBA player could he look like? Uh, Chris Paul. Oh. See a lot of similarities 
and Chris Paul and Jalen Suggs, just kind of like that floor general, um, solid point guard, can do everything. Um, yeah, I think if he reaches the ceiling, he could have a very similar career to Chris Paul. Evan Mobley. Man, Evan's tough, right? Because um, <laughs> he's a seven-footer who can shoot the three. Um, I don't know. I don't know who Evan would be. Um, he's breaking the mold. I'll take it. Yeah. A, a one of one. How about Jonathan Kaminga? So, John, I'm I'm going to say this. Um, he has been compared to um, Kawhi Leonard. Um, nice. Same as Pat Williams, um, who's, who went number four to – the Bulls and you know he 10 games into his career this is Patrick Williams he got the daunting task of having to guard LeBron you know even LeBron said after the game he said he's good Chicago got a good one that guy got long he's got you know long long arms big hands so he's kind of similar to Pat Will Pat Will in that regards here's probably the most important question I'm going to ask and ironically it's going to go to Maxime and Marcus boys on a scale of one to ten how confident are you that it was actually Christian who was screaming at Lonzo Ball during that warm-up? <laughs> I meant like a two. I mean, I don't think it was her, but like, you know, I'm not, I'm not saying zero. I mean, you know, she's, she knows him, kind of an aggressive personality. I like her a lot. I'm, I'm going to put it at about a two. How about she, you guys? She did say she was making a lot of con- eye contact with Lonzo, so. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And I can see her being like really happy as they turned up the music. So that, that part kind of coincided as well. MT, you know KP probably the best. Where are you at on this? I wouldn't be surprised if she's the reason why they no longer are allowed in pregames anymore. <laughs> so listen, of all of my time spent in the AAU circuit, in the basketball gym, dealing with parents, yelling at the kids, yelling at the ref, I like <laughs> I am the quietest person in the gym now. I'm like, <laughs> I am never gonna be that parent ever. Like it's just so ridiculous. It's like it oh makes gosh. me so happy that we basically got you to respond to that allegation. Of course you did. <laughs> of course that wasn't you, Christian. In related news, I showed up to Chase Center to watch that game while they were in Utah. So, you know, we all make mistakes, man. We don't always get them right. Uh, MT, have you, been, you, you are our resident college basketball uh, expert, although you, know, you don't watch as much as Christian. The, this draft class, these names, do they speak to you in the same way? They do. Um, I saw uh, Jalen Green play in the Peach Jam. They did. They showed that game, which mm-hmm. is um, a big game where a lot of the um, high school talent goes and plays before they head off to college. I'm sure KP goes there and can tell some stories from Peach Jam. But um, I, I saw him play there. I didn't see Kaminga, but I saw Cade Cunningham play there. And they're they're just you know they're talented guys. You can tell when. There's just a few players who rise above the rest and they just have that swagger and, and the, the frame and the confidence that they're going to be legit players at the next level um, and two levels if they're in high school at the time. So these guys have it, um, I think, and I'm hoping and putting it out there that we get the number four pick and I think we land Kaminga and I, you know, I'm excited about it. I think he's a sleeper pick. I think Cade will get the dominant amount of um, press and rightfully so he's a solid player Jalen Green has a ton of upside I'm hoping Mobley goes third just so we don't have to deal with having two big seven footers on our roster and that we land (laughs) Kaminga and um, I think he'll be a really nice addition you give him a couple years to be under Clay's wing and um, to me I like the Kawhi comparison to me he's like a Paul George Um, Mm -hmm. same team in that you know he's just smooth and you know if his jumper can be a, a little more consistent I love his athleticism as well give me two answers Kristen question number one What's the one player who would complement this team the best at the four to six range? So, you know, somebody they can actually get. I know you've given us three names. Pick one. If you were the GM, you're shitting at four. Who, who's the, the best case scenario? I think Kaminga. I okay. really do. I, um, I think, you know, as, as good as Jalen Suggs is, um, uh, his time wouldn't really, like he wouldn't get a lot of playing time playing behind Steph. You know, and by the way, like you bring in Jalen Suggs, what does that do to poor Nico Mannion? Like, <laughs> he, just, he just disappears. <laughs> so sad, poor Nico. I, I think um, he's already kind of disappeared, Christian. I hate to tell you that. He's, he's literally on his way to the G League, I think, as we speak. But fair, I mean, it's a fair question. 
Yeah, um, but I think Kaminga has the best value for the Warriors next year. Take us to the other side, the floor. So, I've, you know, we're we're hoping that the Warriors get the four pick if if everything threads the needle perfectly. But let's say somehow Carl Anthony Towns comes back, Minnesota gets hot, and they start, uh, you know, shooting up the Western Conference standings. How far down of a pick can the Warriors get and then still get a difference maker? You know, like if they get 10, 15, like how, how low can the pick be, but Warrior fans still be happy that they got that asset? Probably 8, 9, or 10. Because okay. um, around there, you're still going to have Jalen Johnson, who um, is out of Duke, who is a 6'9", 220 wing, who's been compared to Jason Tatum a little bit. He'll still be around around that range. Um which would be a great addition. You know, you think of like having a second tier Jason Tatum to add to, uh, to the Warriors would be, would be nice. And um, so, yeah, I would say the eight to 10 range. Yeah. I wouldn't mind a second tier Jason Tatum, you know, the Warriors. <laughs> uh, uh, last question about the draft. If this happens, if let's say they get somewhere between five and 10, Clay comes back healthy, Wiseman continues to develop, you know pro basketball as well as you know college. If all of that happened, would you view the Warriors as title favorites? I mean, not not contenders. I mean, would they be back in the driver's seat, at least in the Western Conference, in your opinion? I would say they'd just still be contenders because until LeBron and AD leave the Lakers, I mean, it's hard to bet against them. And I know you don't want to hear that, but they would be. Oh, no. Yeah, my Warriors. face is all scrunched up right now. I'm, I'm, I'm shaking my head no. I was like, oh, we were dancing so well, and then it ends here? I thought for sure you'd tell me yes. <laughs> yeah, I mean, but with, with the addition to next year's draft class um, or draft pick, if you guys get that, I mean, it's definitely helping your case for sure. We go back to the mailbag for our final question of the day. This one's from Brad in San Francisco who asks, have you ever had a crazy embarrassing moment on social media? Anybody? Anybody got a story for uh, social media purposes? Uh, Yeah. Oh my gosh. Can I literally the worst, the worst moment of my career happened. Yes. Perfect. You guys, I'm like turning red and like, getting anxiety thinking about this. So, oh my gosh, I can't believe I'm about to retell this and relive this. Um, I went down to Atlanta to see a few players. Um, I saw Anthony Edwards. I saw Denny Avia. Um, and then I was out with um, Anthony Edwards trainer. And he's like, oh, um, you should go see Devin Vassell. He trains out here about 50 minutes outside the city. And I'm like, great. So I get in touch with his trainer. I go... And like, I'm in the gym and like Devin starts hitting threes. Like he's hit like 15 in a row. And I was like, Oh, I got to film this. So as he's getting more confident, he's backing up to almost half court and his shot is getting a little (laughs) different. I think I know where this is going. (laughs) Oh my gosh. So I record the last like four of his threes and I'm just like, and then I just put it on Twitter and it stays dormant for like, two days like Devin's dad DMs me he's like thanks so much for supporting my son Devin like retweeted it and then like all of a sudden Kevin O'Connell from the ringer gets a hold of it and he's just like what the f happened to Devin Vassell's shot are you kidding me and then like I'm on a flight back to LA so I don't have internet and then Devin sends me a text he goes can you delete that video off Twitter and I'm like what And I like pay the $25 to get the airline uh, Twitter. And like it had been retweeted like 5,000 times, like quote tweeted, like who broke Devin Vassell's shot? (laughs) I was getting like DMs that were like, you owe Devin and CAA the millions of dollars for him like falling in the draft. I was like, oh my gosh. (laughs) Literally, there were like blog posts about that stupid video, like, the worst, the worst, <laughs> the worst ever. Yeah. So I learned my lesson the hard way. Absolutely remember Did that. Did you see the video? Oh, of course I saw the video. And I, I, I remember the back. So here, from my experience on that, what I remember, because I remember you telling us about Devin. 
I remember then a video coming out, me seeing it, people drawing my attention, and me being like, oh, like, yeah, his jumper looks kind of weird. And then I remember realizing who the video is from, because I remember looking at the tweet and be like, that's Kristen's tweet. So yes, uh-huh. I, I completely remember. And I, I didn't remember it when I read this question, and I appreciate it so much, Kristen. I'm going to match your story with one I was not going to tell. I had another one that was kind of embarrassing, but easy for me to live with. I'm going to tell you the uber embarrassing one instead. Kristen, you would never have to worry about this. Um, But when you start up a podcast, or I would imagine anything uh, as a fan, getting people to listen to it is impossible. You're like, now we've got enough of an audience and and it's fine. But when we first started this goddamn thing, there's no reason why people would listen to Bram from Oakland for what, you know? And so I was willing to try anything. And one of the things I tried up front was coming up essentially with burner accounts. I would just come up with fake accounts and I would hop up on, on different websites and I would have arguments with myself because what you found out is if you create conflict, if I was like, this podcast, great, this podcast is shit, people would go to listen to it. So they'd have an opinion. So I was out there doing this. And at one point I created a Facebook account and the name was John Kilroy. Uh, the, the reason, you know, just as a random aside way back when, when Jordan played baseball for that year, Nike still wanted to come out with a basketball shoe for Jordan. So they came up with this great series of commercials and it was narrated by Steve Martin. And the premise of it was that Jordan was pretending to be other people showing up in NBA games in disguises and playing. And one of those people was John Kilroy. So I create a Facebook account for John Kilroy. I give him like a background. This guy would like, he was like from San Leandro and worked at Foot Locker. And then I realized that having just a Facebook account with no friends was an obvious burner. So I reach out and start making friends just randomly. You know, like, will you be my friend? Will you be my friend? Well, here's the embarrassing moment, Krishnan. After I had John Kilroy set up, after he had friends, after he had this whole background, I start looking at the people I've made friends with. Well, about 95% of these random people who I've reached out to are like 12, 13-year-old girls. I suddenly realize I'm going to be a guest on To Catch a Predator. I'm a fake person (laughs) out there with all these like fake 13-year-old girls who I'm like, hey, will you listen to my podcast? So I look back on my social media interactions. There was mistakes made. I I definitely not something I'm super proud of. So if you're a friend (laughs) with John Kilroy out there, my apologies. You know, like, ah, that's, I should have done better. (laughs) I think mine is still way worse, but that's funny. <laughs> I don't know if you had to say that. I, you know, I mean, maybe. And I, was, I was trying to make you feel better, but it is what it is. No, do you, can I just tell you, nobody, I was sweating bullets on draft night. And when he went 11 to the, the San Antonio Spurs, I'm like, oh, I didn't ruin his career. Thank God. <laughs> I I didn't even want to ask that follow up. I forgot where he went. So that makes it a lot better and and just so you know, John Kilroy, I don't know if you know him at all, really big Facebook presence. He was a huge fan of that video. And and he didn't think that <laughs> he didn't think that that Devin's jumper looked broken at all. So yeah. Did you have you spoken to Devin since? Like has, has there been any interact and has he forgiven you? Like yeah, is everything no, fine he- now? <laughs> everything's fine but still like I like on draft night I was talking to my producer because I interviewed him and I'm like do I apologize again he goes no you don't remind him of one of probably (laughs) the worst moments of his life you you be happy for him and the moment of getting drafted I was like you're right I'm not gonna say anything and all I kept saying to him the entire interview was like I'm so happy for you. I'm so happy for you. <laughs> I would have done the exact same thing. Number the Spurs is the perfect team for you. You're going to yes, develop so no, well that's there. Right. That's, yeah, that's exactly <laughs> what was supposed to happen. That's what you have to do. What else are you going to do? That's that's know, the only what? approach. And even I was talking to his um, college coach, one of his assistant coaches, and I was just like, I just felt so horrible. And he's like, well, it was a horrible thing you did. And I'm like, oh, come on. <laughs> yeah. That's when you want to get immediately defensive. And I know you can't be like, look, I was just trying to get his game out there. I didn't tell him to shoot it like that. It's a video. You know, it is what it is. So bad. Uh, well, it all worked out for the best, Kristen. Do not worry about it at all, at all. Um, and... I am positive that everybody out there is as big of a fan of your work as I am. So let's give them a place to go. If they need more KP in their life, where should they turn? Uh, You can read all my stuff on the draft and college basketball on Yahoo Sports, or you can follow me on Twitter and Instagram at Kristen Peake. 
Boom. Uh, for us, if you want to follow us on Twitter, it's at Warriors Huddle. If you want to give us a question for us to answer on the show, shoot it to our unprofessional Gmail account, Warriors Huddle at Gmail. And if you want to follow me on Facebook, it's John Kilroy, who's a very <laughs> nice 14-year-old guy who uh, who works in San Leandro. No, that, that space is gone. We appreciate you guys. With that in mind, go Warriors, and uh, hopefully we'll see you next week. Good, good. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Remember to use code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet, place your money line, prop, or parlay bets with the king of sportsbooks today. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotion, promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C.